You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I am your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, are you struggling to have your message heard amongst all the online noise? You know the importance of building a strong brand, but you just don't know where to start. Well, joining me on today's show is Emma Fraser. And Emma is a brand strategist and a marketing and communications expert. She's based out of Perth and with 20 years of international experience across the hospitality and tourism industry, Emma's wealth of global expertise throughout Europe, Middle East and Asia Pacific is very detailed and she has brought this global skill set into her business Fraser Marketing International. She's a public speaker across a variety of topics, everything brand and marketing, leadership, women in business, motivational and inspirational. She's a mentor through Rare Birds and she loves to facilitate brand and marketing workshops, helping clients gain a clear understanding of who and where they are, then how to take themselves into the market successfully. Now on today's show, Emma's going to share how to successfully gain entry into global markets, seven tips to branding success so that you can survive in today's market, as well as how to stand out in your market. You've got to enhance your customer experience. So she's going to talk more about that. So welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here. Online marketing, branding, communications, particularly when we're looking at global markets, is confusing for people, let alone they're struggling a lot with their local market and and even national markets. So really great that you could join us today to share your expertise in this area. Just tell us a little bit about your background, obviously 20 years experience and international experience. When you went from local and national to international, what was the, the, the bridge, if you will, that allowed you to get this global exposure? So as I mentioned um, in in the profile, you can see that I've spent a lot of my time in hospitality and tourism. Mm. So yes, I was uh, started off in um, the Intercontinental Hotels Group back in the day yes. uh, when it was a Holiday Inn and um, grew nationally and thought, you know, how can I really position marketing for this brand? And then had the opportunity to uh, move over to Sydney at the time and then I grew my profile by being headhunted to go to Dubai. And I moved over to Dubai for um, Jumeirah, which has the, the seven-star Burj Al Arab, which was the, the highlight of tourism at the time. And, um, and then just really grew the, that global scope and scale of my experience mm. from there um, and travelled around with my, with my job and was very lucky and had, a, had an amazing career that really led me into how quickly as well marketing, particularly digital, um, transforms and how the guest and the customer experience is really transforming as well. Yeah, and I'm going to dive into that because I think many organisations are struggling and in an actual fact, I was just following a PR uh, person over in in Canada and I realised that just recently, a couple of months ago even, the Canadian fashion uh, show, which is probably as big as, you know, the New York, 
talk fashion uh, was cancelled because of a number of different things. And she was talking about the fact that, you know, their fashion industry needs to change their approach in the way that they just, well, approach what they do in business. And it's not just about selling and, and wanting to make sales, but really creating an incredibly powerful customer experience. So looking forward to that. So you mentioned you moved to Sydney and from there you were headhunted. I'd imagine there were a number of things that you did that enabled your profile to be found and obviously be very impressive so that the headhunter said, you know what, we need to get Emma on our team so that you then, you know, worked and moved overseas. What are some of the things that you did that we really need to keep a mindful of so that we too can successfully gain entry into some of those global markets? Well, I think, um, I mean, back then, and it's changed over the last 12 years, I moved from I moved from the Middle East and then into Europe, based out of London, and then into Singapore. And I guess the, the thread, the golden thread throughout all of that experience is that your marketing strategy really requires different thinking. Mm-hmm. To be able to go into a global market, you've got to consider the in-market localization. So in my lifetime of marketing, um, it's been the biggest change. So global branding has been the biggest change in the marketing industry probably in the last 20 to 30 years just because it can be your biggest mistake if you don't understand that in-market experience mm. and getting that localization right. I mean, marketing in its true form today is really about, it's really leading customer experience initiatives across the business. So marketing has changed. It's not so much just a function within a business, it's now leading the business because your customers um, just have so much choice. Uh, They have a lot of uh, platforms for their voice to be heard. So it's really about making sure that that background and knowledge of all the marketing elements is looking to the future of what guests and customers really want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the requiring that different um, level of thinking as well. What are some of the mistakes that you're seeing businesses time and time again making and that they need to stop doing right now? And then we'll talk about some strategies that they need to start doing. They're basically looking at the same, uh, if you take it as global, they're looking at the same messaging the same platforms um, to very different audiences in mm. very different countries. So you've got to consider the the local culture for a start, but also language barriers. Um, there's one element that you need to consider if you're going global is what does your brand or brand name stand for? What does mm-hmm. it mean? And how do you, you know, how do you take that into market? And a lot of people just think, oh, it's fine. We're, we're called Fraser Marketing International will just go into market with that brand. Um, It's a big mistake to assume that you can do the same things in a different uh, environment. Mm. And there's also different channels that are either more highly used or less used in different markets, whether it's um, because it's geographical, whether it's because of demographics, you've got to consider who you're talking to. So, I mean, the biggest mistake that I see is just that uniformed approach and that messaging uh, that goes to a global market. So they're thinking, yep, we've we've got a campaign. Let's just push it rather than what I call glocalize it. Mm. So you can still have a global campaign message, but you need to make sure that there's local elements within it. Yeah. And I think one of the things you're talking about, you know, business name, one example, and, you know, by all means, feel free to to share some case studies and examples if it fits uh, in in with your story. One example I heard was a company went over to to China and they didn't do research. And there were certain numbers that as a culture, they really stayed away from because it had, you know, some real negative connotations around certain numbers and colors as well. So you imagine if you've got um, numbers or colors within your name, 
name, your branding, your communications, it really can turn off a potential um, conversation because the fact that it really is unfortunately um, pushing the buttons but the wrong ones for a potential uh, joint venture or, or even a client. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about as well? Oh, absolutely. So whenever I um, whenever I talk to a business or an individual, I say to them, look, if you're going to take your brand into a global market, I ask them, why? Why do they want to enter it? Who are their competitors? And then run through like a nine-point checklist. Yes. And actually um, within that, it's about being culturally sensitive and ensuring that your brand and product or service is respectful and respected. But the first one, one of my very personal examples, uh, we were taking a brand into China also, a luxury brand, and um, the, the senior executives, let's say, wanted to uh, maintain the name Mm-hmm. so that it sounded the same in Chinese. Now, that is what we call transliterate. So transliterate is you literally translate the name. Now, unfortunately, when we translated it, I went over to China, did the research, had a focus group there, and um, it came back that the brand was called Pig's Feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Exactly. Oh, no. Really not something that you want to uh, you want to consider. So... Um, We had to change the strategy entirely. I had to encourage senior execs that this was not going to work. Mm. And then we had to work through an entirely different approach and a different strategy, which is trans creation. So you're basically looking at your brand name. And by this, I mean literally um, creating a local take on your your brand name. Mm -hmm. So um, we had obviously come away from the the pig's feet and we would not have been a successful move for us anyway. But we went in to think about, okay, we need the words luxury, um, hospitality, being able to live and experience, and we need to make it sound similar to the existing brand name. So we worked through that, which was an entirely different strategy, uh, entirely different investment, and it worked out in the end. But can you imagine if we had just gone and said to someone in China, having not done Mm. on-ground research, and we just said, I'll just transliterate, um, then yeah, our brand would have been called... What do you sell? We sell luxurious pig feet. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have gone down very well. Oh, goodness, that, that is, um, that's fantastic. What are some other things? I mean, I don't know whether you want to just very briefly run through, and obviously we're going to share with everyone how they can get in contact with you so that you can more deeply go into all of these um, areas, particularly if they want some support. But what are some of the other things? You're talking about a nine-point checklist. What are some things that we really need to be aware of when we want to gain entry into some of these global markets yeah sure so i'll just touch base on them at a high level so don't change who you are is number one Mm -hmm. your strategy may need to change but don't change your brand vision your value or your brand story because you need to that's what your point of difference is yes um so don't change who you are think about your global positioning the language the local uh, culture the colors as you mentioned all of that um you, you need to consider mm-hmm. and don't do what uh, what we did with pig's feet. No. Um, number <laughs> three, I guess, would be how to how do you gain your fair market share within that market? So who is your competition? And they could be completely different to who they are in your home market. Um, but it's it's important to know who they are, and again, maintain your own brand positioning because that is your point of difference right there. That's your competitive advantage mm. to be able to say, okay, we have a reason to enter this market. Um, and we need to look at others who other brands who have entered um, from either a global capacity or local brands in the market, just to learn from them and learn how 
learn from their mistakes. And also, my advice is always keep your competition on your good side. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have um, them as partners. So you know, get some advice from them. Say we're coming in. This is our branding. This is our uh, what we're selling. But we'd like to just work through and and consider you as a, a partner in that in that region. I think that's really important and can be quite successful. Yes. Um, making sure your assets are all consistent. So you need to build your brand recognition and, you know, that can take anywhere. They say between four to seven brand impressions on someone before they can even start to resonate with your brand. So you've mm. got to make sure that, as I mentioned before, you're, you don't change your branding, you don't change your logo um, as such. There is still something that a, a customer can resonate, particularly if they've come from an Australian market, for example, and gone into live in China, then at least they can start to resonate at that local level. So it's important to, to make sure that you keep that consistency. And first impressions last. So you've got to do it 100% right from the beginning because it can take many years, as many of us know, to make sure that, that mistake is either forgotten or forgiven. Um, and that can affect your sales drastically and your brand reputation if you don't do it right and do the homework before you enter that market. You might not be able to recover from that. And then I guess it's all about creating a full communications plan that sits at a global level. So whether you're a startup or a larger business, um, you need to engage your champions. You need to make sure that they're stakeholders. They may be sitting in the Middle East, for example, and the, you're operating out of a, a Sydney head office but they need to feel that they're part of that team because that's how you can create the, the lead generation um, and start to make them feel that they're part of that global, uh, I guess, running board mm. um, just to be able to feel that they're part of that. So it's really important to make sure that the, the targets and the communications plans are all, um, as I mentioned before, localised. So they are global initiatives and campaigns, but with local content. And then my last one really is have some fun with it. It's exciting to be able to enter that new market and experience the culture, but it's also important just to test the boundaries and test the market. So you're not going to get it absolutely right. You should, from a brand reputation perspective, get it right. But in terms of your activities, you just need to test it. You need to mm -hmm. have a little play around and see what they're engaging with um, from a customer perspective and what they really don't like. Yes, great, great tips there. Great tips. Thank you very much. Let's talking about or let's talk about branding success to survive in today's market. As you said, the consumer expectations have changed. There is so much uh, noise and clutter online, so many choices that our consumers are overwhelmed to begin with. So we really do need to take a step back and look at, okay, our message and, and how we're getting it out there. Is it really going to cut through the noise and what do we need to do? Now, you've got seven tips that that you share with others that you want to talk about today to really help us position ourselves to be able to survive yeah i think as, as you can see i like to be uh, around tips i think it yes, just helps people good. just clarify mm -hmm. their own mind but um i mean i guess the first thing that i say to clients when i start working with them is that we're in it together so i'm there to help them be the best brand that they can be mm -hmm. and tell the best brand story that they can tell they can never imagine so my background is very much brand strategy so it's all about being able to position themselves from a, from a brand perspective now particularly startups and larger corporates that are in transition they just say to me emma we don't want the fluffy stuff <laughs> we just <laughs> want to be able to make some money yes. um and that's true but there is a difference between branding and marketing and that's where i say that the branding is the promise and the story and then your marketing is how you deliver on the promise how do you take mm. yourself into market so your branding is really a strategic foundation and you can't 
do the marketing until you have that foundation in place. So the marketing is the tactical push to that. So I guess I ascertain how how a business really truly lives their brand, whether it's through values or through their team. And it's not about what customers, what they think customers want. It's about what customers want now. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not willing to wait around. There's too many, too many options for them to buy instantly or to talk to someone on live chat. It's a very, very transformational and quick changing um, environment in marketing. So yeah, I guess my branding checklist is really running from um, the who are you? What makes up your brand ID? Mm-hmm. And the reason that um, I always refer to a fingerprint. So even with my business, I use a fingerprint as my brand ID. Mm-hmm. And that's because we're all unique. So you can apply this to yourself as an individual or to your business or your product. But if you thought about it and you took a notepad down and said, right, I'm going to write down all my personality traits and my values. Um, who are my customer types? Who do I hang out with? And that starts to build what we stand for and how we add value to a relationship. So that's mm. really that brand DNA, that fingerprint that makes you who you are. And then the second point is personality type. So I were, I mentioned as well that I do um, brand workshops, I facilitate brand workshops. And that's around um, coming back from the days of Carl Jung theory, mm-hmm. that there are 12 individual characters. So you can be reading a book or watching a Hollywood movie or sitting around a campfire, but there's always going to be one of 12 characters. It can be a lover, it can be a comedian, a hero. There's always something, there's some character playing a part in it. And so as a brand, which character are you? So I work with them to to be able to connect with that brand and that story so that you, then you're talking to your customers um, who also are aligning that head start. You know, they're really starting to connect emotionally as a customer to mm. your brand. So, yeah, so I run workshops and discovery sessions to define who you are. So you've already got your DNA your brand character, and then your values. Stay true to what you believe in because that's where they can um, influence behavior and attitude on others. Mm -hmm. So you think about your tribe and your social media networks, et cetera. So a customer will always align with a brand that they believe in. Um, And that takes me to, I guess, the fourth point is always being honest. So those that personality or character that you are, stay true to that promise because that's what makes you unique from the competitors Mm -hmm. um number five is your brand assets so now you've got you've got your brand character you're either a hero or a comedian and you want to start to reflect your beliefs and your purpose for existing i guess and why you're in business now you need to make sure that that's reflected in your logo and your website and staying true to that story um, in all of your communications and more importantly, it's creating that distinct tone of voice to use in social media. Yeah. So there are many, many platforms, as we know, from Snapchat through to Twitter, where that tone of voice has to change. And that, that really comes back to the point of, yes, you will always stay true to your brand character and your brand story. But the way that you communicate that, your marketing um, has to change depending on who your audience is and which channels you're using to talk to them. And then be you. So be very innovative and disruptive and original if you like but always dare to be different and just deliver on those creative and key messages because I guess the the key point and there's high statistics to show that an audience will always buy into the emotion and the authenticity of content that's really the key the key point there you've got to be authentic don't just say what you think they want to hear Mm. be true to what that you know they want to hear and then lastly is create a brand ambassador so this is all about giving your customers or your guests or your audience the opportunity to learn more about the brand themselves. So give them a little bit of intrigue and 
allow them to engage. And then once they start engaging, they'll start talking about you. So naturally, you're going to adopt this tribe and this society of ambassadors that are really telling their own version of your story because, let's face it, we all like to tell a good story. So if you've had a good experience as a customer, you are going to tell others about it. So it's really important for, for you to allow, as a business, to allow your audience to engage and just talk about you hopefully in a positive way all the time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Look, those are such very important um, tips. And I think, you know, for companies now still to be thinking, well, you know, do we really need to worry about all of the fluffy stuff? As you said, they're key foundations. And if you haven't clearly defined those, your message is likely to be quite confusing. It really doesn't stand for anything, does it? If you don't know what you stand for and what's really valuable and, and what, you know, experience you want to create, for your potential clients and, and people who are engaging with your content online, then how on earth do you, you expect them to, to really uh, understand stand that? So hopefully by listening to those today, um, if people haven't really gotten clear, they can see the, the, the importance. Let's talk about uh, customer experience. To stand out in the market, you must enhance the customer experience. And as I mentioned earlier on, I believe um, you know a, a major fashion show in, in Canada was cancelled. And the fact that, you know, someone was talking about people in this industry, we need to really start thinking differently. We need to focus on customer experience. It's so important. And you mentioned already from a global experience, we need to be very mindful if we are tapping into, you know, global markets, what what kind of customer experience is, is relevant for them and it's going to be, you know, acceptable for them. But what are some things for companies that don't even know? What, what are you talking about customer experience when we mention <laughs> that term? Let's start from there and then let's dive into some of the things we need to start to do. Yeah, sure. And it, it is a it's a minefield, I have to say, and it, it can be quite hazy. Mm. So customer experience can be two levels. It can be your experience in store or on your site um, or in a hotel. Uh, and it can also be the way that your customer is experiencing your brand mm. when they're going through the purchasing cycle, I guess. So when they're browsing right through to when they're purchasing their, their post experience, um, post stay or post purchase experience. Mm-hmm. So there's two different elements to it. And Either way, you've really got to connect to your customer. And the best way to do that is bring in the emotion to your positioning of your brand and also to the sales funnel. So it's, you know, it's known that a customer is absolutely probably two times, maybe three times more likely to engage and buy from you if you tap into them emotionally mm-hmm. and you're starting to really understand them rather than functionally. So, yes, the functional benefits are really important, but you can use those after you've hooked them in. Um, you can start to really position those. So I guess the emotional part is knowing who your audience is. Yes. Um, what I find I'm talking to businesses about is really the path to delivering that connected customer experience. So what marketers and businesses in their own right are really continuing to wrestle with getting that single view of the customer. So as I mentioned before, and we've talked about, there are so many different channels that they can use. How do you say, okay, Emma's Emma's been on my website three times but hasn't purchased. Then she's commented on social media and then she's um, responded to an email I've sent out. You know, how do I bring that one single view of her and understand what she wants and Mm -hmm. how I'm going to convert her to buy? How do I retarget her as such? So that's really important to um, bring all the data that they're gaining from those different sources. And the reality of that is it's tough. Even if it's a smaller business who just needs to understand, uh, this is where I would start with a small, a small startup, for example. I'm actually mentoring a spa at the moment, and I've said to her, 
just start to understand when your customers have their birthdays. And at least then you can start to interact and say, okay, well, I'm just going to use MailChimp. I'm going to send out my newsletter. And then on your birthday, I'm going to send you an offer. Mm-hmm. So that they start to realize that they're, they're loved. They, you mm-hmm. know, you are, they actually do mean something to your business. So it can be something as small as that because the problem is they, it's compounded now by the elevated customer expectations in today's society for one, but also the the tremendous growth of those channels. So if they don't think that you're really understanding who they are, they're just gonna keep shopping around and going through all these different channels anyway. So if I take it as a, as a hotel, for example, because obviously that's my industry, but um, mm. the delivery of digital transformation. So all of these digital um, channels that are coming up, that guest experience, I mean, take they can search 38 times before they even make a booking for a hotel. Mm-hmm. So that's a, back to exactly your words, that's a lot of clutter to really cut through. You yeah. know, there's a lot of competition out there and you just need to understand how you're going to close the loop. So you want to make sure that you are catching them from their browsing and, you know, that's to a higher level of marketing, but you really want to understand the key element of the customer experience is knowing who they are. It's really to be able to say, you know what, the key takeaway here is know what your guests are doing and learn from that or your customers. Learn from that and act on it. A good CRM can take you, a good a customer relationship management tool can take you to a higher level, you know, um, but just the simple things of just saying, I recognize that you've given you've given us business, Emma, and thank you very much for that, and here's a treat. Yes. So it can just be as simple as that right through to, you know, I don't know, into artificial intelligence, which is absolutely the way of the next step that we as marketeers have to think about because that's within the next two years, mm. that's really going to start to make us think how do we ramp up that personalization with data. So, yeah, I guess the customer experience is not only what they experience with you, whether it's your product or within your retail store or something, but it's also what they're experiencing through online because it's the first place that we all go to nowadays. Yeah, and it really is looking at, okay, where are some of the, for want of another word, touch points that our potential client are going to be interacting with our company through, as you said, reading the website, following us on our our posts on social media, that kind of thing. And how can we really turn that up to give our ideal customers a real experience or something that's going to, to stand out. And, and that will really reflect in the message. Like, for instance, if you really know your ideal client and they are all, and you know, your location is on this beautiful beach with sunsets and so forth, and you know that your ideal clients just absolutely loves that, then some of those images that you're sharing and that you tweet and that you do, you know, communicate are going to make sure that they really are at the forefront because you know how much impact it's going to make for your customers and and it trickles down doesn't it for that kind of thing every time there's a touch touch point where you're getting to connect yet again with your ideal customer and it really continues to build that strong relationship doesn't it yeah absolutely is that back to that brand story i mean you're absolutely right it's about that one message and voice that's coming from you as a business but you tailor it through those different channels because obviously how you speak on your Mm. website when they're just browsing is very different to you selling something on Facebook, for example. So yeah. it's tailoring it to your different different types of audience um, and also those different channels. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It comes back to knowing 
your customer. Yeah. So in other words, for people or organizations that are listening today that are thinking, well, do we really need to talk about this fluffy stuff? If you don't have those key fundamentals, it's not fluffy, it's actually fundamentals. And if you don't have those key fundamentals in place, you may not even be in business down the track because really to stand out, we have to understand our ideal customer. We have to create experiences. And it can be as simple as the type of images, the type of language you use, you know, that your ideal clients, when they come into your location, you know, something that happened the other day, which was so simple, you'll probably think, Emma, oh my goodness, but it really just stood out for me. When I, when we walked into a hotel room up in Gold Coast, they had our name, you know, in beautiful font, welcome Anne-Marie and Gary, which is my husband. And it was, I kind of had to do a double take. What's that? Do? Oh, okay. They've done that. It was as simple as that, just really connected. It made me feel quite special. You know, little simple things like that can make a huge difference, can't it? And creating that customer experience. Oh, yeah, and it's about delivering, like that was what I call a super relevant experience. Yeah. I knew that that would excite you. So some um, brands, particularly, again, hotels, but some really good hotel brands, it, you know, some people get a bit scared because it's a bit big brotherish, but uh, they'll go into your Facebook profile and they'll see that you perhaps have a daughter. Yeah. And they'll print out a photo of your daughter and they'll put it in a frame in your room and say, we know wow. you're missing her, but enjoy your stay. And it's just so super relevant and it makes such a difference. And it's all about mm. looking beyond that. This is one of my terminology quotes, but uh, it's looking beyond that single transaction. Yes. It's not just about them buying. It's about how they've got to you as a, why have they chosen you? And then what are you going to do when they've bought? How are you going to continue that relationship with them? So go beyond just the sale and think about the fundamentals of why they're with you yeah absolutely and you say yeah. some some of people might get a bit freaked out it's like oh my goodness you've been stalking me but yeah. um, anyway <laughs> that's just something that you, you we, as individual businesses will need to to decide whether or not but I, I tell you what that would make an incredible impact and someone would be talking about that for many, many months, I'm, I'm sure. And let's hope in a positive way. But, you know, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? If you really get to know your ideal customer, you know exactly what's going to stand out and make a huge difference uh, totally. for them. We could just keep talking about this for hours. It's, <laughs> it's such a, you know, um, an, an incredible topic and something that all businesses need to be mindful of as they come to 2018. As, as you say, we're really talking about um, artificial intelligence and at the top of the list is how do we integrate these touch points, the customer experience and connection, which as we know is so important for our customers. If people are listening today, how can they reach out to you to find out more about how you can support them? So you can find me on Facebook at Fraser Marketing International or you can just contact me through the website which is frasermarketinginternational.com.au um, and you can just send me an email straight through there. But there are some tips on there, as I mentioned, the branding tips are on the website, as are some other articles that may help. But it's really about just knowing who you are and who your customer is and having some fun with it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And that brings us to the end of another show. Now, remember, if you want to find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business, all you need to do is go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au.
Hi, this is Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to this podcast interview and have often thought how awesome it would be to have your very own podcast so you can change the world with your message while become known as an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where I share the key things you need to know to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you access to my podcast production workflow checklist, where I share what I do step-by-step to create a podcast. I'm also going to give you access to a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access my Podcasting with Purpose mini training, go to www.annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.